You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Making of a Marketer, the podcast that takes you around the world of marketing one topic at a time. Hosted by digital marketing consultants Jess Nickerson and Andy Pondillo. We welcome you to join the conversation. Stream us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. Now here are your hosts, Jess and Andy. It's the last episode of our first season, and we have made it. Can you believe it, Jess? After a year of doing this, a year of learning technical things, a year of just a lot of learning changes, our personal lives, uh, lots of things happening in the marketing industry. I feel like this was just like, this was like marketing therapy almost for us in this last year. So I'm just so thankful that we've made it here. We're at the end of season one, we're prepping season two, and we've designed today to be a little bit of a recap episode from what we've learned. Yes, a recap and celebration, one year older, a little wiser, and we still have so much to learn, which is exciting. There's always so much to learn. And as we enter 2024, we are just going to see so many changes you know, come to the marketing world. Obviously, I think that we'll probably hear the word AI come up a lot in our broadcasts coming up in a lot of different fashions. You know, you and I were already using AI for our posts. So those cool videos that we've been putting out, those are mostly AI driven, but there's also a different world of topics. I think we're looking to explore some minor shifts to what, you know, our podcast will look like and what our strategy is. We're going to be working on potentially new logo. And I think that there's going to be a handful of guests that we learned a ton from that potentially come back for season two, but under some different formats, you know, some different questions, some different ideas we'll be testing out. But, you know, first and foremost, as we celebrate, we look back, like, Jess, did you think, looking back a year from now, do you think we would make it a year and be honest? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes, and because we are both very driven and... I don't give up that easily. And that's something that I always talk about with Kristen. So my fiance, Kristen, so we'll be working on something in the house or, you know, whatever it might be. And I'm always the person that's like, I have to complete the task. Like I won't sleep at night if we don't complete the task. So when we started this podcast, you know, it was something where I felt like we did what, maybe like, three or four episodes that were audio only, maybe less than that. And it was kind of 
they were the pilot episodes. If you even go to Spotify, they don't exist. There's a reason they don't exist. That was our trial run. And then we start bringing the guests on. We started seeing the format change. So I think initially what we we thought this might be is we thought that we would take a marketing scenario and we would talk about what that scenario looked like from our individual perspectives, kind of draw it up from like plan A to plan Z. Um, and then now when we look at it, I feel like it's almost this looser talk show, freeing your spirit as a marketer, talking about what drives you creatively. And I love the way that it's morphed because it's kind of, it's gotten more natural for us as it's gone forward. Mm-hmm. And the one piece of feedback we have received from every guest is that they had so much fun sharing their story and having that conversation. And, you know, we've taken that feedback and continued to learn and grow and change the space to make it more comfortable and fun and relatable so we can get all of these incredible perspectives and experiences uh, from the marketers in our industry. And let's talk about the similarities of marketers. So something that I didn't expect is that we would find so many parallels uh, between marketing roles. I mean, we just, we talk from people at agencies, at corporate companies, at mid-level companies. We talk to entrepreneurs. We talk to startups. We we talk to a range of people that dabble in the marketing world, whether they have a marketing title or they touch some point of marketing. And it was fascinating to me that we didn't ask a lot of questions about performance and that was intentional. So if anybody's listening, they're like, you know, hey, I want to know how to use this platform and get a CPL or CPM. There's a lot of fantastic marketing podcasts that are about that out there. But we want to tap more into what do you like to do? What is your philosophy? Why do you do it? What makes you creative? And when we did that, I didn't hear one marketer bring up metrics. They maybe dabbled a little bit in ROI, you know, especially for some of our leaders that were in more of those C-level roles, but we never heard them start talking about, it's like, hey, my day-to-day is I did X and got 20% lower CPL and it made me happy. So we really, I think, hit the root of what drives marketers. And as I look at this, I feel like it's helped me a lot for my speaking engagements and when I speak to marketers because we have to figure out the root of what drives them professionally, personally, that combination of how it comes together. And I feel like that's something that we've really untapped, but we're still untapping more and more of it as we go. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The examples were were very human driven and you could see with Every guest that we spoke to, it is really around the focus around the customer and and how they can get to know the customer better. It was a lot about just having that curiosity to like uncover the needs, uncover the emotional feelings and uh, their their motivations and their values. Let's talk about that in the customer. So that was something that came up quite a bit. And a lot of marketers were saying, you know, what should I do? What should we change? How do we tweak things? And I kept hearing talk to the customer directly over and over again. 
I feel like that is something that if if I took 10 marketing companies right now, I would say nine of them don't talk directly to the customer. They might have some fancy third-party tool. They might pay for some research. You know, they might do a poll after some sort of webinar. They might give a $50 gift card if you do your survey. But how many actually go and talk to the customer? And that was kind of a striking realization to me that we all have that power in 2023. So it's something I think we should examine further. And I think our POV could be even stronger on that 2024 as we start to, you know, really articulate what does it actually mean to talk to the customer and not talk at the customer. Mm-hmm. And we heard this a lot across our C-suite, Gus, as well. Though, you know, the effective marketers in this space are no matter what your title are the ones that are actually getting on the street and they have again that curiosity they want to speak directly to the customer because they know that the customer can help drive those innovations the creativity because we're trying to get to their their needs and we're trying to better understand them it really just comes down to that and another big topic that we would be remiss we didn't talk about this past year was trying to market in the current landscape. So locked budgets, uh, department shifts, agency shifts, role changes, whatever that might be. What is the driving force behind focus? And I think that was something that you brought to the table really early on is we should have a consistent question. And when you're stuck creatively, how do you get unstuck? So that to me has been really powerful for all of our listeners and ourselves, because it's really easy to get stuck right now. And oftentimes the message that we try to deliver ourselves, and I believe is a correct message, is to try to focus on what you can do and try to eliminate the noise. Well, that's a It's a strong message, but I think that means different things for different people. So we learned how they try to work through things creatively what gets them going again? Is it walking outside? We heard that a lot. We are some musicians that are some hidden musicians, you know, from our guests. Um, some like to look at different examples in the marketplace and kind of stick more, you know, hard nose to the work. So I thought that was really interesting to hear about getting unstuck creatively. And that's, again, something that isn't, I think, talked about in a lot of marketing rooms where sometimes there's a power to just slowing down and thinking and kind of getting to a better place with your mentality. Yes. And what I loved about this is all of our guests are very successful in in what they do. And what I love about asking this question is they were all so mindful about realizing that there are moments that they are going to get stuck. So they were very mindful in thinking about like, how can I seek that creative inspiration constantly? Because I know that I need to keep fueling that fire in order to get unstuck. And it's okay to be stuck in moments of your journey. It's just like, again, stepping back and having that perspective and understanding that I I need to keep I need to keep fueling that creative fire in order to get over the 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 stump. And it really, you know, fights the the urge. Like there are times where I think all of us get like, man, I need to make a freaking play. 
<laughs> like I need to do something like that has some potency to it. Like let's make a marketing campaign. Let's do something cool. Let's innovate. Let's, let's change the game a little bit. And I think that it's almost, you, you almost wait for these opportunities. Like they're hard to create. I think that's, that's kind of a, a myth busting thing that I found out unless you're running your own business or you're your own creator, which has been cool. That's something we'll get into. You and I kind of doing some creation on, on LinkedIn is it's hard for someone at a company just to go out and just be like, Hey, I'm going to make a viral campaign today and hit go. Like there's too much red tape involved. So how do you stay creative in between those points? I think right now in the industry, it's very easy to get kind of stuck in between these points and kind of go into that mode of autopilot. And I feel like that's kind of where we helped our guests kind of rethink a little bit. You know, how are they staying creative? It got us to rethink quite a bit. And it, I really believe it showed up in my work. And again, it's just a question I don't think anybody asks. Like, I don't think people ask, like, how are you staying creative outside of work or during your downtime? Because it just keeps that mental availability flowing. So that was really fascinating to me. And it gave me some inspiration to continue on with some of the things I'm trying to do. Mm -hmm. And it, it did also show that they they were all vulnerable. And, it, and it's like, you need that vulnerability as well. And that helps to drive the understanding. It helps to drive that uh, creative inspiration. So, because some people may not want to say, hey, I'm... I'm creatively stuck right now, or I am stuck and I, I can't think of any ideas because you would think, oh, that may, that may look bad or that may not be, a, you know, a, a great, a great brand attribute. If I'm a creative director where I'm supposed to have all of these creative ideas just floating all over the place. So I love that they were all very willing to say, yes, moments in my journey, moments in my career, I have been stuck. I've been stuck multiple times and these are the things that I do. So again, just having that constant uh, mindful behavior. And a topic we come to a lot is marketing for ourselves. So we, you know, it, hey, Jess, it's cool to be selfish, right? A little bit. Would you agree? A little bit. Yes. A little bit. No, not all <laughs> I, the time. Not a hundred percent. But you and I, we've you know, we were doing LinkedIn posts before this, but we weren't necessarily doing it at a high ratio. We weren't testing. We weren't kind of trying to figure out what our mojo is. And I think both of us have kind of figured out what works for us and what we enjoy posting. So a big message, you know, that I found is we talk to both influencers, creators, people that do any type of personal marketing is really to showcase what you enjoy, showcase your flair, like your personality, put some pizzazz into it. And as I've seen LinkedIn kind of change over these last few years, and you've definitely worked at LinkedIn a lot longer than I have, Jess, is I remember maybe 2019 version, very X's and O's, CPMs, CPLs, do this to get hired, like everything kind of like buttoned up, like I feel like I'm wearing a tie and a suit while I'm on LinkedIn and I'm typing. Where now we're seeing like it's really embracing a lot more personality and being your real self with your posts. And I feel like that's something you and I have really worked on. And I think a lot of our marketers have talked about 
wanting to find that type of voice of being helpful on LinkedIn and being somebody that can be, you know, part of that one-to-one experience for someone else. So I think that's been a fun avenue for us to kind of test out a bit. Yes, I would say across the board with every guest, there was an element of consistently test your authentic point of view. If I'm, I'm trying to just put it all in one sentence, all of the the elements, and I think that's it. And then that's even something, let's talk POVs again for our future testing, you know, brands testing new messages, voices, personality. It's something that's like such a, a crazy concept. Like everybody has like a different version of what test is. But if we're doing it on our own feeds and we're testing ourselves, like I feel like that that really arms us to be able to do it better for a brand, like be able to recommend that, to do things that we're seeing. So I think it all goes hand in hand as a marketer too, to try to get your voice out there a bit. Yes. And you, some of you may notice on our homepage, our company page, the way that we've been testing as well, Andy mentioned, like we're leaning on one side of the spectrum where we're testing these AI generated videos, uh, which have uh, been uh, very engaging. And then on the other side, you'll see where we're taking pen to, or we're doing video and a voiceover and we're taking pen to paper on a wall and discussing a concept that is important in the marketing world. So two opposite ends of the spectrum, and we're going to continue to to learn and grow and and flush out our point of views. And I just really just the testing piece, like in order to learn and grow, you have to test you. You just have to get started and you have to get out there. And that is what we heard across the board. So let's talk about this now from almost a challenge perspective, Jess, because we've had some talks about what season two could look like for us. Like a lot of season one was, can we build an audience? Can we get on a a network and got on the marketing podcast network? What does video content look for us? What is a content distribution strategy? Like things like how long should a program be? Like who are guests that we trust can come on and be positive influences for the marketing world. So there's just like so much testing that goes into place for this first season. I think in the second season, something that we're trying to, I think almost get this question answered in a lot of different ways is we bring guests on and they talk about creativity, things they're doing, things they've tried, jobs they've changed, like what the market looks like, how they want to build marketing and be impactful to the customer. But does the marketing world truly value them for what they're offering and what their personal experiences are? Or is that a little bit harder than it seems? And I think it's a big question that I see coming up because I hear a lot of people saying that they're changing roles because they're not heard. They're looked at as too youthful to do certain things. Um, A lot of like titles are in play. You can only do X until you're Y, but Y doesn't believe in what X's strategy is. So there's like a wall being hit. So I think for us to uncover is we're going to dig a little bit deeper is I want to figure out 
what are the hurdles for marketers right now in being heard? And what has to happen in the industry of marketing for them to be more heard and get more value out of their work? Because I feel like that is like the North Star of marketers feeling valued that allows the customers to have the greatest impact of the work that's put out there. Mm-hmm. Yes. And in this case, it's like the the marketers are our customers, are their our end users. So like we recommend as a marketer, go to your customer and try to really get a better understanding and a deeper knowledge around their their challenges, you know, what keeps them up at night, what are they struggling with, will only help you better serve them. And what's the way to get there? You know, like as a, as a marketer, I think so. We think about mar we think about marketers. All these buzzers, like we're certainly gonna be talking about the AIs of the world. We're certainly gonna be talking about like attribution. Like one of our most popular episodes was really early on where we talked about measurement. So I think we're definitely gonna have some of that stuff come into play. But I also think about like marketers, like sending a message to one of your customers and asking them about things like things like that. Like how are you being scrappy in the ways that you can in finding ways to, you know, interact, do the things you want to do, build off that creativity, like something as simple as reading comments on a page and trying to develop a POV off of it. Not everything is, directly developed by a third-party service with numbers to it like there still is a craft you know there's always gonna be a craft to this so i definitely think we continue to look for that um more social media content coming from us so povs of what we're thinking in terms of our video content content distribution for our short form tests that we're talking about so i think we find ourselves in a a pretty strong place jess is there what would you say? Is there anything that you're looking to really uncover over the next several months as we kick this season two off? Yeah, I want I want to uncover more of the the stories, and I want to uncover more of the emotions because I just see that being so so key and so important in order to to innovate and and. Andy, we may have a, a differing opinion here. So I'm still on the fence uh, around the impact of AI. And hear me out. Like, I, I mean, we are using it. And I, 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 I feel like it is a tool that can be used to absolutely unlock creativity. But I'm still not sure yet. Is this going to be an Amazon scenario where, you know, people didn't first understand it? And then they they blew up and took over the entire market and industry. Or is this going to fizzle out? And I'm I don't know. I'm thinking it could fizzle. So my thought on it is we're going to see all these startups. It's going to be Game of Thrones. If, <laughs> if you're familiar with the program, if not, it's it's an excellent show. Everybody should watch it. Tons of life lessons. Um, but. I think you're going to see all these kingdoms or startups all vying for the top of the throne. And I think that you're going to see less than 10% of them be around in 10 years. But the couple that hit are going to hit really, really big. Like anything, 
I think that people are over exaggerating how close it is. I don't think it's as close like to just taking over entire jobs as people think it is, but I think it speeds some of the processes up. But yeah, I mean, I, I like it, but I'm on the fence too with some of the stuff we see popping up. Some of it's just kind of like everybody's just throwing darts at the wall and seeing what sticks. And I think some of it will stick and some of it won't. I just hope it's not like Skynet and Terminator, um, like like some of the predictors are out there. I I I don't think it's going to be that way. <laughs> I, I really don't. The machines are taking over. But, you know, we do have some guests we're trying to get on that are going to talk about that subject. So, yes. you know, about the ethics behind it, what they want to see, what they're trying to implement, things like that. Um, another thing that I thought would be, is I think, interesting to bring to the table, because we're already been touching on this, this whole program, but just from my personal experience, today, December 8th, is a very... Big day, Jess. I didn't tell you about this secret. Is December 8th, six years ago to this day, was when I was let go from my job. So I always remember that date because it's something that, you know, like people like to remember. Like I like to remember that date. So I like to look back on that. And every year I kind of revisit, like, what did I do, you know, to, mm. you know, overcome that? And why I think this podcast has been important for our listeners, guests, myself, is it allows us to be ourselves as marketers. Like, so for instance, my personal example is for years, you're taught like there's a certain level of like professional marketers, a certain aura, there's a certain way you're supposed to present, a certain way you're supposed to talk. And I feel like a lot of that tries to neutralize your personality where I feel like doing this, my last two jobs between 5 mil and LinkedIn, I've rediscovered more and more that, hey, Andy's personality, my pizzazz, like the way that I can speak and bring personal experience to it, like people love those soft skills. And like, that's something that for me personally has kind of like put some self-doubt because I'll get into a marketing room and it's like marketing person A, went to Brown University, marketing person B has a master's, marketing person C has 38 years experience. And then I'm put in a room and it's like, if I just start talking X's and O's, like marketing, like that's not, I just don't think it's me. Like my marketing style is I bring the pizzazz to the table. I have the broadcast background. I've been an implementer on the platform. So I think it's just been a great revelation and another year of growth from that point to where you start to figure out like where your your style is at, what your natural pizzazz is. And I feel like the podcast has done an excellent job. So ending season one on December 8th anniversary, like it's all super fitting to me as it comes together. And how poignant is it that today is one of our LinkedIn in days and the in day is around gratitude. and. Yes. I'm just, I'm very grateful for you. And in a way, it's like, I'm so grateful for you. I mean, okay, this is, this may come out badly, but like, you know, grateful that you did lose your job because then you like, you grew in a certain way and like you gained all this different experience. And now we are partnered up and collaborating and have a podcast. 
Yeah, I mean, it really was the domino that reset my career. So 2018 is when I picked up working in marketing again. It kind of reset things a little bit, you know, no savings, no, um, no kind of nothing. <laughs> it was kind of like, you know, six years that puts me what? Like late late twenties, so it's you know what I like to do is be an inspiration. You know, Andy's being told that I'm just a dreamer. You're not gonna, you're not husband material. Like you talk about like real life stuff, and that's what I always like bring to the tables as marketers struggle as we go through these like different challenges. Like you sit and yell at someone about CPL being too high. Like this is them like trying to put food on the table. It's them trying to grow their career. It's them being doubted by a lot of their peers because they work in social media and it's not a real job. So like these are like big things to them. So that's what kind of the message I always try to give is take it a little easy on the metrics, but learn the mechanics and see how they can upskill um, and get better. And if there's like a way that someone's trying to get better as a marketer, like they want to learn from this person, but they're like two seniorities higher, at least let them have the conversation. Like don't just like throw someone out because they say marketing coordinator and you're CMO. Like I think the most powerful learning that exists at an organization, we learn this the whole time through our episodes. It's to me, it's not all these upskilling softwares, even though I think there's a purpose for them. I'm not saying don't do it, but it's not these upscaling softwares, conferences I love, speak at conferences, think they're powerful. I think that helps, but I, I don't think that's the number one way. The number one way to learn is to be open in your marketing room, be open in your sales room, be open in your management room, and let people learn from each other. Like If they can do that and share the perspectives, they all start to grow. If they feel like they can't do that, they job hop. Like That's the simplest way I can put it. Yes. And from a, a branding perspective, you know, we've had this conversation with uh, multiple brands. It's this idea around yeah, being in that room, it, again, being authentic, be, being vulnerable, sharing these stories and those perspectives, because not only are you going to learn and grow, but then you're going to be able to identify what makes you or you or the brand uh, unique. And then you you lean into that and you voice that uniqueness because we talk a lot about the the sea of sameness and that in in this world where we are bombarded with content and creative you need to stand out in order to grab that attention and you can only stand out if you're natural if it's forced <laughs> like i know that there's AI tools and we, this again, this is something we'll talk about a lot. There's ways people try to unforce forced messages, but the audience is too smart now. It's not the 2016 audience anymore. I think that people see through levels of advertising that they've never saw through before. But that is for season two, Jess. I know we're at time now. Again, thank you so much. Gratitude Day in day is very much for you for bringing this out of me, for getting this started. Um, and I think we're just beginning. So I think there's a lot for us to be excited for. And as usual, we'll have our next episode coming soon as we start to kick off some of the new bells and whistles for the next season. 
Yes, absolutely. Gratitude to you. And I'm so excited for the second season and so much gratitude. We'll, we'll, we'll keep shouting it from the rooftops to all of our guests in season one. Your stories have been very inspirational. They have allowed us to grow as marketers, grow within the industry. And we are so appreciative of you and what you do. Thank you all. We'll be back soon. Thanks. Bye. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.